Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Tom Moran here from Tom's Big Spiders. Well, as I expected, last week's episode made some waves. We got lots of questions, some concerns. Some folks actually chimed in about some of the laws that involve tarantulas in their own countries, which I'm incredibly appreciative of. And we got some hate mail, which I knew this was going to happen. Unfortunately, some people get very, very offended when they're doing something that's illegal and somebody makes a comment about it or why they might be doing something illegal. So this every time I've ever tried to cover this topic, this has happened. But I got one that re- was really a humdinger that I'm going to break down in a minute. But first, let's start off discussing some of the feedback I got from folks around the world that, uh, to tell what the rules are in their country and the state of the hobby in their country as far as it comes to laws regulating tarantulas. Now, the first one I got was from a buddy of mine who actually lives in Canada. But he's from the Philippines. And I've, for a while now, I've suspected things in the Philippines are, are pretty much not in good shape as far as the hobby is concerned. Years ago, I had a Filipino hobbyist that asked if it was okay if they used some of my information to give to other Filipino hobbyists on a Facebook group because he said the care over there was really bad. They weren't following the right people. They didn't know how to care for these animals. And I was like, absolutely, no problem whatsoever. And I asked to be invited to the Facebook group, which was kind of cool because for me, Part of the fun of doing all this stuff is getting to see how people across the world, you know, deal with the hobby and how the hobby goes over there. So I had a couple folks ask if they could join the group and I said, hey, can I get a link to this? And he's like, no, it's a private group because unfortunately most of what we're doing is illegal. And that was a huge eye opener to me. I didn't realize that. And he explained how in the Philippines you needed permits to keep tarantulas. They're very expensive and the majority of people don't bother getting those permits. A lot of the trade that's going in and out is actually illegal. And this was just reinforced by somebody who emailed in to tell me about how bad it truly is. To encapsulate, because A, I said I wouldn't use his name because he doesn't want to be caught up in this and have his name put out there with the illegal stuff that might have been done when he was back in the countries. But he talked about the fact that the care over there is pretty bad. There is a lot of hybridization. He reinforced what I had already heard about it, that do, they need permits. The majority of folks do not get the permits, and the government really doesn't care all that much. So there's a big, huge, illegal pet trade with both tarantulas coming in, going out, going around the country. He stated, and I quote, another huge problem is that import and exporting tarantulas is actually illegal. Even keeping them is illegal. So everything that comes in or goes out of the country is undoubtedly illegal. 98% of the Philippine tarantula hobby is illegal. So imagine people collect wild-caught specimens. If they get caught, they'll get thrown in the jail. So more often than not, the ones who collect them don't actually tell their exact or real location to avoid the law. This is interesting because when I was trying to find out where Orphanacus philippinus came from, I got very different responses from different keepers I asked because I did approach some folks over there like hey where can I find these and I remember one guy going the real place you can find them and I thought that was odd and that kind of explains that now he goes on to say one of my close friends fathers is an official at the Philippines DENR Department of Environmental and Natural Resources we still keep in touch and unfortunately the things I've mentioned about the importation exportation and collection of native Philippine tarantulas he pretty much confirms it is all still happening as I'm typing this email he goes on to talk about a species that was just recently discovered in the Philippines that he is guessing is going to appear in the hobby very soon. And obviously this impacts us. And as somebody who loves to keep the Filipino tarantulas, again, it has me feeling like garbage because I realize, you know, when you start to see where these guys come from and how they make their way into the trade, yes, by the time we get them, they were probably captive bred. But where did those specimens, those adult specimens come from? I think this is something everybody that's in the hobby that has any concern for tarantulas in their natural habitat have to at least think about and mull over the fact that if you see a new species, the chances are it did not enter the hobby legally. Now, they sent me a follow-up email afterwards with more dirty details about how things actually go around there. Asked that I don't read the whole thing verbatim. But basically, he talks about how they have Facebook groups, and there was that Facebook group I was on that I didn't even realize what I was into. I mean, I couldn't understand a lot of what was being said, but it was kind of neat to see everybody showing off their animals, and I was able to a couple times pop in with how to keep the things, not realizing what was going on. But a lot of Facebook groups are specifically for buying, selling, trading tarantulas. That's where people would advertise. He talked about how they would do basically clandestine meetups where they would hide the spiders under things. When they shipped them, they would hide them under children's toys and clothing, how they They would ship them overseas when they were uh, shipping them out, how they would bring them in. Really kind of scary stuff. So 
I think, again, I'm not saying this. I have a lot of Filipino folks that I correspond with and talk to that follow my videos, that follow my husbandry. My job, as I see it, first and foremost, is to make sure people have the correct husbandry information. That was obviously why I started this whole thing. And I will continue to give correct husbandry information to anybody, to anybody that needs it. And I've had a lot of folks from the Philippines over the years, seemingly really nice folks, contact me about how to keep certain animals. But I've always had this in the back of my mind. And again, we're the majority, anybody buying tarantulas right now and keeping tarantulas right now, and I, I seriously mean this, is somewhat culpable for what's going on. We are. This is something I'm coming to grips with. This is something that I've given a lot of thought to over the past couple years now that I've seen things that I can't unsee, that I know things that I can't pretend like I don't know. It's not like when I first got in the hobby and went, somebody's going out there. I mean, my thought process, somebody goes out there, legally acquires some of these species, they pair them, they sell the slings in the hobby, more people breed them, and it's like a, a, tri a pyramid effect. You start small and it gets bigger, 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 and pretty soon, pretty soon everybody's selling these captive bred animals. And for many years, I, act, I acted under this rather ignorant assumption that everything I was buying was okay. There was nothing wrong. With it. And then I was introduced to the idea of wild caught. And I realized some of these things I got were just plucked out of the wild. Somebody said, oh, there's a female. Let's sell it to somebody. And then I started realizing that every time a new species appears in the hobby, it means that somebody went into the country where it was discovered. And it's the time period now between when things are discovered and when they end up in the hobby has become so brief that it's blatantly obvious that everything we have when we get these supposed captive bred specimens came directly from poached adults, from poached sometimes parents, grandparents. It's really easy to trace that now. And once you start recognizing that, again, I know we all like to sit there and go, well, they're destroying the habitat. Absolutely right. And part of me still appreciates and understands that. That the, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. That I do believe at some point a lot of these species will only exist in the trade. But that doesn't make us completely faultless in the fact that we are going to be partially responsible for those depleted local populations. And here's the part that irritates me. Yes, there are those of us who love these animals. Yes, there are those of us out there that think the world of tarantulas want to see them survive. And I think that's part of why a lot of us start to grab these different species and breed them. However, you are not going to convince me that somebody's going to go into a foreign country out in the middle of the jungle, risk their life. Some of these places they're taking them from are dangerous places, not only just with local fauna, but with you know human groups, human populations that they run into. They're going to risk their lives and take these spiders and put them out there and give them away for free? No, there's money to be had. There's a lot of money to be had. The pet trade is huge. The exotic pet trade is huge. Huge. So please don't try to convince me people are just going out there and saving these animals out of the goodness of their own heart. They are grabbing these animals because there is, there are thousands of dollars to be made by selling them. So this is, it's just the situation, if you look at it is, and you really start to look at it, it's, it's pretty daunting. It's pretty sad. And there's no escaping it. So thank you so much. I can't use your name, but thank you so much for chiming in with this because this did answer a lot of questions that I've had about the hobby over there, things that have just popped up that I've kind of gotten a vibe on, but I didn't want to ever say anything. I, I do appreciate you filling us in on those details. Now, for the next one I got was from Germany, from Robin, and I am going to butcher the German here. I'm going to apologize in advance, Robin. I was practicing it. I was lifting. I don't think I can say the word, so my apologies. In my federal state in Germany, NRW pokies are completely banned since 2020 as part of the Giftier shoots get sets. Uh, I again, I'm sorry, I tried. Translates to something like safety law regarding venomous animals. We'll go with that. So, the reason for the ban were not any import issues, as far as I'm aware, but the venom potency of the Pisolotheria genus. If you've been keeping them here before the ban, you were forced to acquire a permit, which is a bummer for me since I started keeping about six months after the law was in action already. So, it looks like I'll never be able to obtain pokies as long as I live here. The only legal workaround, as far as I know, is to become a licensed breeder. This at least gives me little hope for the future, but for now, I'm just glad they only ban pokies. It's super unreasonable, in my opinion, since all the other old worlds of the same venom potency level, baboons, etc., remain untouched. Of course, I'm glad they didn't go after all of them, but it's baffling to me how the people in charge of these laws seem to have done, haven't done any research in regards of the danger level, and danger level in quotes, of these spiders.
So thank you for chiming in with that, Robin. I have heard from a couple folks from Germany that said the same thing. They weren't allowed to keep them. And I was like, that's terrible. And that's something, you know, that people in the U.S., right now we're able to keep them. That's something we always worry about when we talk about bites and what could happen if there was a high-profile bite with one of these animals. People are not going to look at it like, oh, they just got bit. It doesn't usually happen. If people are careful, they're fine. The spiders are usually fairly harmless. They're going to go, why are these people keeping these exotic pets? They're going to do some research and find out that the, at least the Sri Lankan ones have made lists of being endangered, that there are highly endangered ones out there like the Hanamalisamika and the Pimatalica, and they're going to go, why are these people doing it? It's going to be a terrible look for the hobby and could lead to legend legislation like this. I believe somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but in Maine, there's some laws against what you can keep. Like they can't keep just about anything. Scary stuff, stuff that, you know, laws that we hope we never see in the U.S., but we've already got them in some cities. I believe in some states, it could happen anywhere. It's why we're trying, again, part of that podcast was to try to give people the information they need to make the right choices, to make the correct choices, to not be sucked into committing any of this illegal activity that's pretty much going around and going on everywhere so that we can show that we as a hobby are unified and can obey the laws that are out there, obey the rules. Because right now, that is not the image people are getting. That is not the image that is being sent. That is not what U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service people who are monitoring what we're doing are seeing. And that's the point of getting that out there, to give a heads up. And the point of discussing this is because, again, I'm hoping I still haven't heard it from any folks from Canada. So if somebody wants to step in, I've heard there's some more some stricter reg- regulations in Canada. I'd just like to hear, what is the, like, what do you guys have up there? Because I know I speak to a lot of folks from Canada about how to keep these animals and I'd just be very curious to hear what's going on there as far as legislation is concerned because I think we all no matter what country we're in we all are brought together for a shared love of the animal that most people don't like let's call it as it is and by not knowing these laws we do make ourselves culpable for some of these issues that are rife in the hobby across the world. The next one up comes from Ian Tarantula. Hey, Tom, I live in the UK, and since we left the European Union, it is now much more difficult to import spiders from Europe due to customer imports and the extra paperwork involved. Cites species are even harder now, so we struggle with Pisolotheria and Brachypelma species. I don't have any proof yet, but I have my suspicions that some are being shipped to the Republic of Ireland, which is still in the EU, then smuggled across the border to Northern Ireland, part of the UK, and then transferred over to the mainland. You're not the first person to tell me that he is. So, and again, I'm not, I don't have information. I have no proof of it, but there's been other people have told me that because of, I did hear because of Brexit, it is no longer as easy as it was for you guys to get those European tarantulas because that's where the U.S. gets them from. A lot of our stock comes from Europe, comes from those other countries that you guys are probably getting them for and probably getting them for a lot less expensively than we're getting them for. And now that's been cut off. So I have heard that. I would be curious to hear if that becomes a big issue. I think that is kind of similar to what we have here in the States with the, we can't sell them across state lines. So again, I appreciate you chiming in. Ian and Tina are also asked basically if in the United States, if you went to an expo or even a pet store, I'll throw that one in there because I've actually seen this in person in a different state. Are you able to buy them and bring them back to your state? No, you are not. That is considered illegal. A lot of times I've been to pet stores in another state where they will have Pisolotheria species, the Sri Lankan Pisolotheria species, and it'll say right on them, not for sale to out-of-state customers. And that's a good that's a good practice. If anybody's coming from that state, wants to buy them, great. Coming from Connecticut over to Massachusetts, you're not walking out with one of those pokies. So no, you're not allowed to buy them. The trick is they don't want them. They're trying to stop them crossing from state lines. Whether we can argue till we're blue in the face, and I know every time I do one of these podcasts or every time I bring this up, I have folks that will come on and go, well, how does this actually stop what's going on? I don't have an answer for that. I really don't. All I know is that's the law. I'm going to try to follow it. Now, Unfortunately, every time I do one of these podcasts, I get I tend to get some really angry responses back. The last one, I got a whole podcast devoted toward me. But it's here's the deal. I'm not doing this to try to look like I'm better than anybody else. I as part of the podcast, I share my thoughts about the hobby. I've been doing this for a while. As I discover stuff, as I learn stuff, as I find out more and more, good or bad, I share it. And I've gone from when I've started to now, I've wrestled with a lot of, discovered a lot of things that I didn't know, and I've been wrestling with a lot of things lately that now that I know, I can't like forget about them. I can't pretend like it's not happening. 
happening. So like I said, when I first got into the hobby, I just thought everything was legal on the up and up. You could ship them US Post, you could buy them anywhere, all this stuff. I thought it was just legal. And a lot of us get into it with that same mindset. We're so excited about getting spiders. We see them offered freely online. We assume that everybody that's selling them is doing it legally. And that's obviously not the case. So the reason, once again, for spreading this information out isn't to put myself on a pedestal, which some people seem to think I'm trying to do. Nope, I've done stuff that I'm not happy with, that I'm not proud of in the hobby. That, like, and again, I'll bring up the Byrupi Cimaroxagorum is one that I picked those up after a lot of deliberation. I went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Finally, I went, you know what? I'm going to grab them. And I've never felt great about it because if you do know the history of Birupi Cimaroxagorum, it's a seedy one, it's a prime example of the greed in the hobby where somebody discovered them. Once the paper went through, new species, bam, they were selling them. People were actively pulling them out of their natural habitat. I've heard from people from that area that said when that thing went out, when that report went out and everybody knew about these spiders, people were coming in. They found people in the woods looking for them. It's a terrible situation. Yes, I do. I am not perfect. I recognize the fact that I am part of the problem just by being somebody that is so out there publicly talking about these species. I'm putting things up on my YouTube channel that... People see them and they want to go get them. So, yep, I do not think I'm better than anybody else. That kind of irritates me. But I'm like, who's going to talk about this stuff? That's the problem I come up with is like, I I would rather just sit back and do fun stuff and do, you know, husbandry, care, you know, things of that nature. But that's only a part of the hobby. And that's not a part. I can't just ignore the other part. And I do feel like somebody needs to say something. In many cases, people that have that audience aren't going to speak out because they promote or support the folks that are doing this. They have people on their websites. They promote people that are actively doing the illegal stuff. And it doesn't really behoove them to go and call that person out. So I do wish what would happen is people that are doing this to find this out would talk to these people and go, all right, you know what? I'm going to continue to promote you, but you got to be on the up and up. You can't make us both look bad. You can't make the hobby look bad. But unfortunately, that's not what usually happens. So that's why I come out with these things. I'm not trying to create some type of fear? Not at all. Do I think right now we're in the U.S. we're in any trouble as far as it's concerned? Like right this very minute, are people going to come in and take our tarantulas? No. Do we need to be, you know, Luis Roque and I went on and we talked about being informed hobbyists and this was a big part of it is understanding every aspect of the hobby, including what goes on behind the scenes and including how we get our animals. And people that want to turn a blind eye to that, I'm sorry, we can't. We have to acknowledge it. So, here's the deal. I go on to one of my videos and a lot of folks are still commenting on the videos as far as when they want to leave a comment on a podcast. It's a quick way to get to me because I tend to be very quick. Well, not very quick. I tend to keep on those comments because it's easier to just rip through them all at once. But I received a comment from an obviously very angry listener. And sometimes you can't tell if somebody's trolling, but you could tell this person was very upset. So the first comment was as follows. And this is from some, we'll call him George. I won't even use his name. We're not turning into something where I'm trying to call somebody out publicly. But the comment was, so are you getting rid of all of your Brazilian species? Because they all came from illegal descendants. So technically, they're illegal spiders. And that's disgusting in quotes, right? Triple question mark. So that's, I believe the word disgusting is what set this individual off. Since you're such an upholding citizen of the law, in quotes, I don't recall using that one. You technically shouldn't have them because they were smuggled in, right? So essentially my first response, and I think I've explained before that I try not to engage people. I have, I have too many things going on during the day to get into an argument or discussion with somebody, especially if I don't think I'm going to be able to change their mind. And the other thing is a lot of times you never know if the person on the other end is trolling or just, I, I always say the expression, I don't argue with stupid. If somebody's not going to listen or somebody's going to be that thick headed, I'm not going to argue, but I didn't know where they were at this point. So at this point, I realized I was probably going to cover this in the podcast anyway, because the person obviously listened to the podcast and it's it's a comment toward the podcast. So I just responded briefly, nope, because USFWS aren't interested in that. I'm just not going to buy from disgusting dealers who continue to import and sell illegally just to make a quick buck. And I said, so are you one of them or just a butthurt friend of one little smiley winky face? Because that's my way of like, all right, I'm not even engaging right now. Well, unfortunately, I clicked back on it and I saw the other response and it was a humdinger and it was... It's kind of heartbreaking because I do believe, honestly, that this individual was very upset by the fact that I used disgusting, that they, whatever illegal activities they are into, and it's freely admitted in it. This is the part that blows my mind. Like the last time this happened, the person freely admitted that they were doing illegal things, but I think they said it was a joke. It's like they're putting it out there in public. Yes, I'm doing this, which is exactly what I'm trying to prevent because 
this is a terrible look for the hobby. Here's somebody saying, I know about the U.S. Fish and Wildlife laws, but I'm not going to follow them. So just I'm going to read the letter and I'll just break down a couple things, responses to it, because I want to clarify because I don't want people getting the wrong impression of why I'm putting this out there and what I want my message to be. So this individual's response is, so the laws you're preaching about following only apply if U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services care. Well, let me just clarify right off the bat that those were the laws we were talking about in that podcast. It wasn't just those. It was also the shipping of spiders across state lines. But we're specifically talking about the fact that we're no longer able to bring in the Brazilian species and that the Sri Lankan Pesolotheria species are we shouldn't be trading them across state lines, selling them all that. So that was the focus of the podcast. So are those the only ones I care about? No, but those are the ones that we were talking about. So that's why I concentrated on those. I'm definitely not a supporter of imported wild-caught animals, and I'm no friend to people like that. I just can't help but feel like this is all extremely hypocritical of you to pick and choose what laws apply to you and judge others for doing the same thing. I just think that we should practice what we preach because at the end of the day, you're no different than us. If we shouldn't do it, then neither should you. Well, here's my answer to that. I don't. <laughs> like, I, I, And this is where, because this is obviously, and again, I don't want, it's tough for me sometimes to do these things because people come back, I'll do something like this and they go, man, you're really nasty. But it's tough for me to see something that just doesn't make sense logically or somebody taking something I say and twisting it in a way that doesn't make any sense. I do not ship pokies illegally across state lines. I do not import Brazilian endemics into the United States or export them out of the United States. I do not import the Sri Lankan pokies. I'm not doing any of this. So yes, I'm asking people, oh, oh, and I should add, I try to avoid buying from people that do so. If I see somebody that's giving away the pokies in a box, there was a company I was just going to place an order from, found out from three different people, they were putting them in gift boxes I don't want to support that, so I'm not going to buy them. They're not going to get advertising time on Tom's Big Spiders. So, yes, I am talking the talk because I am trying desperately to walk the walk. So, I don't know what part of this set this person off. Well, actually, I do because later on they flat out admit to it. But I'm not doing this. I'm not doing it. And I would never do this. Even if I decided one day to sell tarantulas, which that would be a cold day in hell at this point, I would not do any of this stuff. So not sure the hypocrisy part there. I think that's just somebody that's heated and not thinking reasonably, but I'm not doing any of the stuff I talked about. And have I done stuff and have I bought things in the past that I'm not comfortable with now because I know the laws? Absolutely. And that's the thing. You do come into this hobby with a certain level of ignorance. You're like we said in the beginning, we don't all come in and immediately go, oh gosh, most of this hobby is built on the illegal smuggling or legal smuggling of these creatures out of the natural habitat. We don't think about that. So yeah, not sure if I'm getting that one there. So he goes on to say, so technically speaking, if Brazil has never legally exported any spiders, then your grandma stole is Aegyniculata, Nandu, some of Vicks, Pisosme, Lasiodorus, some species of Pamphibedius are all illegal because if they are here, they came from illegally imported animals. Captive bred or not, they're the fruit of poisonous tree, of the poisonous tree, so to speak. If the first one was illegal, everything that came down from that illegal animal is illegal too, right? In technical terms, yes, probably. If the world fish, uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife wanted to go, all right, all these animals are legal, we're going to take them all. Yeah, in theory they could, but I think they're being reasonable and saying, all right, we recognize not only have a lot of these animals been in the hobby for quite some time, not only have several of these species been bred and easily bred for decades, the Aegyniculata, the El Parahibana, the Nandus, all been in the hobby for quite some time, all been bred for decades. I think they realize realistically the cat's out of the bag where it comes to that. These animals have been pulled out of captivity. Those animals were bred. I don't know how many generations we are away from it with many of the species, not all of them. We'll get to that in a moment. But the majority of them are so established in the hobby, they're not going after those. Were they illegally obtained? And in a way, are we all culpable for the fact that they were illegally attained to bring into the hobby? Yes, I've been talking about that for years. That's no big shock there. I think I once stated that when you when I look around my collection, I realize at some point, almost every one of these animals came from parents that were pulled out of the wild, most likely illegally. I've never disputed that point. Now, is it illegal and use the term legal as far as like we are breaking law just by owning them at this point in time in the U.S.? No, we're not. They aren't asking for that. Even when the Sri Lankan peace Latheria thing went down, they weren't telling us we couldn't have them. We weren't, they did, they put out a very clear message. We're not telling you we're going to take your spiders. We're not telling you your spiders are illegal. We're telling you these are the new rules you have to play by. It's as simple as that. 
when the T. Celadonia were seized and everybody freaked out about the Brazilian species and people stopped selling them all over state lines as a precaution because obviously if they've just decided these weren't pulled out of the wild legally, then that brings in the Lacey Act. Are we allowed to trade them over state borders? They kind of backed off and went, no, we do not want them coming into the country anymore. We're done with that. No more bringing in the Brazilian endemics. However, they recognize the trade's already here. The spiders are already here. Again, the cat's out of the bag. You guys can continue to sell them in the country and breed them legally. So no, those aren't illegal right now. So let's get off of that. At least the ones that are established and the majority of the ones that you just named, that's not a legality thing. I can't... The way you're taking this to extremes is you're you're taking that literal sense of, all right, their parents were illegal, these are illegal. Yep, they all came from illegal stuff, never debated it. But we're not telling us the solution to this, and nor is this the solution being proposed by the folks that regulate this, is to get rid of the entire hobby. That's not what they're doing right now. So that's just silly. So this individual goes on to say, what about your Birupis, Simaroxagorum? Did that come from a descendant of legally imported captive bred spider? Right there, no arguments whatsoever on that one. That one still bothers me. No, it did not. You could probably trace where mine came from. It came down to it. I do know it was from captive bred uh, specimens, but those captive bred specimens were likely relatives of the ones that were plucked directly out of the wild. So, yep, 100%, not even going to argue that one. That species is, I put it out there, but I've tried to use it as a platform to show how we're currently impacting people because I think the Barupi Simaroxagorum is a great species for folks to look, look at and go, Dear Lord, this is what the hobby can do. The species is described, and next thing you know it, it's in the hobby being sold for exorbitant amounts of money. So absolutely, know what? You're going to get zero arguments on me there. You're right. That is one of the things that makes me feel hypocritical anytime I talk about this stuff. Just know I'm not doing it again, and it's one of the reasons I've been avoiding a lot of the newer species coming in, because you can track exactly where they come from and when they were discovered and how quickly they turn around into the hobby. So no arguments there. Goes on to say, what about your Australian species? The only way to export from Australia is if they were bred in captivity and then sent out. And the last confirmed import that I can find was back in 2005, 2006. So that you're telling me 100% sure that the animal you own is a direct descendant from that illegally imported stock. Because if that's not, technically, it's an illegal animal. I'm pretty sure. Am I 100% sure? No, we can't be 100% sure on everything. But if you look at the species that were brought over in 2005 and 2006, they're the same species we're continuing the breed. People bred them. They produce more. Sadly, it means the diversity of our stock is probably pretty pitifully low. There's not a lot of diversity there. I haven't heard anything about it. specimens coming in. Would it shock me if some came in? That's a tough one. Australia is pretty good at regulating that kind of stuff. There are species I've heard about in Australia that I would love to have that I've never seen over here in years. So I'm not really worried about those. If I found out that mine, that somebody did get caught bringing them in, that they were bringing them illegally out of the country and into the U.S. or into Europe where they're imported to the U.S., yeah, I'd be upset about it. But it's not something I'm trying to do. And I think that's the point this individual is missing. We're not talking about buying animals on good faith that they're legally obtained, we're talking about folks who are knowingly buying animals and breaking the law by doing so. That is a difference. You are knowingly breaking the law. Of course, it's not an excuse if you break the law out of ignorance, but there's a big difference between somebody that had no idea that the person who were buying from was doing selling to them illegally and somebody goes, oh, you're going to sell me this illegal spider? Sure, let's do it. So let's try to recognize the difference for that one. Moving on, he says, see the hypocrisy here? I don't. I think I just explained why. You're basically saying that shipping ESA pokies is illegal and brown boxing is illegal, yet all my spiders are fine because someone else brown boxed their parents, illegally shipped them, then bred them here in America, and I bought the slings, but I didn't have anything to do with it, so that makes it okay for me to own. What part of this aren't people getting? Um, we are specifically talking about the shipping of ESA pokies, either importing them into the country, across state lines. That is illegal. That is what is being enforced right now. Again, cats out of the bag. We'll go back to that one. I think I explained that one enough. Brown boxing, flat out illegal. There's no things about it. It's flat out illegal. And do I, am I buying brown boxed animals? I don't know if this, if you know what brown boxing means, but I am not buying animals that are brown boxed out of the country. As a matter of fact, I believe the last podcast I told people specifically how to ask to make sure their animals weren't being brown boxed from other countries. They aren't being brown boxed. The parents aren't being brown boxed over here and for the most part and bred and sold. If they are, that's incredibly illegal. No, I would not buy any of those. Usually what's happening is they're being pulled out of the wild by folks over in Europe. They're breeding them over there. They go to these big meats. They sell them, trade them. They sell them over to the US and we get the hopefully captive bred stock from them. 
nobody's talking about, I'm not buying brown box animals. I don't even understand this argument here. So again, I understand this individual's mad. They're throwing stuff out there. I get the where they're going with the fact that, and again, I've conceded to it. In theory, every single animal we own is illegally obtained. Never said it wasn't. I've said this before, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about what they're trying to enforce right now. They've already seen that the damage is done. We have them over here. They're not silly enough to think they're going to stop that part of it, stop people from breeding them in the States, stop people from selling them in the States. What they are trying to stop is any more damage. So to sum it up, if I buy things legally from reputable dealers from captive bred stock, especially species that have been established in the hobby that are readily bred in the hobby, no, I'm not losing sleep over that. And no, I'm not feeling an incredible amount of guilt. Again, I recognize that they all came from it. But in that respect, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about laws now that are saying this is it. We recognize this has happened. Here are your new rules. That's what we're talking about. He goes on to say, how can you say the T. celadoni are bad because they're not supposed to be here? Then ignore the fact that 10 plus other species in your collection came from the same country and aren't supposed to be here either. Um, again, I don't think that's a difficult one. T. celadoni was just discovered. Again, uh, the, my main point is that it's not that we've been doing this for a long time. They are on to us. They know that we're doing it. They're watching it. They're saying to stop it. And we're continuing to do so. So I think the T. celadonia, the big thing with that is, A, I, I said I'd never own one because of the nastiness and infighting and that arose when those were seized and the hobby people turning on themselves, vendors turning on each other. It was just a nightmare. So that's more of a personal thing for me. I understand they're over here in the United States right now. People are readily breeding them. I just, it, it was a very bad period for me. That was a big eye opener for me, quite frankly. You talk about, you know, moments where you have like an epiphany. It was like, wow, we are a mess with what we do. So yeah, if you can't understand the difference between a species like Laziodora parahybana that has been in the hobby for decades or Acanthoscuria geniculata that has been in the hobby for decades, both readily available, both easily paired and bred in captivity, and a T. saladonia, or again, the Birupi simaroxagorum, because I'll throw myself under the bus with that one, that were just discovered and within two years enter the hobby, and they are flat out illegal, because now we know. Now, when those were seized, that is when this all came out, because they asked Brazil... U.S. Fish and Wildlife said, were these legally exported out? And Brazil said, we have never legally allowed the exportation of any of our animals. And suddenly that cast a net over every single Brazilian species, Brazilian endemic species that we have out there, regardless of how long they've been in the hobby. If they, a country says, we have never allowed anybody to take these out legally, yes, that's when you start looking at all the Brazilian species and go, oh my gosh, every single one of them was illegally obtained. So that's where that problem came from. But after that, now we recognize that we can't play dumb anymore. We can't play stupid. We can't go, oh, it's a new Brazilian species that was just discovered in 2020, and now here it is being sold in the hobby. We can't pretend like we don't know any better that that thing was smuggled out, and now it's in the hobby. So that's why I usually specifically mention T. celadonia, is that was the spider that marked the turning point for this. Before that, the Brazilian endemics, we were selling them all over the United States. We were importing them. People were getting imports in all the time. That has come to a stop. So again, just to reiterate my point, it's about following these new laws that are out there that say that we can no longer do this. Not even new laws. In the case of Brazilian endemic species, it was always there. They're just now saying we're done. They're enforcing that part of the law. They have not luckily said that we can't, we have to stop trading them across state lines or selling them across state lines. They'd be good about that. But if we continue flaunting this type of stuff in their face or leaving comments for people where we admit we're doing stuff illegally, then that's probably forthcoming. And that's why we have things like the Tarantula Sustainment Project, where folks are trying to make sure that they can legally, keyword, legally breed and keep these species in the United States and make sure that the populations, the captive bred breeding populations don't die out. He goes on to say it's either illegal or it's not. You can't just pick and choose what applies to you, ignore everything else, but yet hold everyone else to the higher standards. That's not at all what I was saying. I just explained why the Pedicelodonia kind of represents the turning point of this issue for me. So that's it. You're acting like you're better than everyone else and you have your head so high up that you can't smell your own crap. That's just insulting. Come on. Again, I understand. And I really mean this. I do understand this person's angry. I it's just tough for me to read something like this after trying to do some good and have somebody come back at me and basically, well, you'll see in the next paragraph here, admit they're one of the ones doing it. Do I think I'm better than everybody else? 
No, I don't. Do I try to hold myself as high a standard as possible? I do because I've been doing this for close to a decade now with the Tom's Big Spider stuff. And I know that people look up to me and I want to be a positive example of how to try to work within the laws in this hobby in the United States. Across the world, honestly, obviously, I don't know as much about the international laws, but in the United States, I am trying to be an example. So yes, when you're trying to serve as an example, when you have a very public persona where you do articles, you do podcasts, you do YouTube videos, I feel that very strongly. I'm a teacher. I teach high school kids. The same way I wouldn't go out there and encourage the kids to illegally drink or use drugs or do any other the legal things that kids may do. And I, I try to serve as an example to show them my own life. Same thing I do in the hobby. So if you think that's me sitting there thinking I'm better than everybody else, no, I screw up. I always screw up. But how can I go about saying this stuff if I don't walk the walk? And how? please tell me, how do I go about informing people without having people think that I'm being preachy? I don't know how to do it. This is me. This is I'm passionate about this. This is why I put this stuff out there. It's not for clicks. It's not for views. As a matter of fact, I figured when I did a whole podcast, and I'm doing it again here, based on U.S. tarantula law, that doesn't behoove me as somebody who would be trying to get you know get something from it, like subscribers or listens or whatever, because that's alienating a huge part of the population of the people or the audience that I try to talk to. There's a lot of people out there right now in the U.K., Poland, uh, probably the, the Philippines are probably a little angry at me, but I love you guys. It's just, you know, it is what it is. This doesn't get me anything. I, I get nothing out of this. This isn't something that's going to get me a bunch of listeners or whatever. It's because this is how I feel. And this is, I want people to be aware of this stuff. So yeah, if you think that means I can't smell my own crap, whatever. From day one, I've been here to inform people of stuff that's going on, not only with husbandry, but as it's evolved, just the hobby in general. This is my, if, if I don't do it, who else is going to do it? So whatever, I feel bad. And I, you're not, I will say you're not the only person to express these type of things. I, unfortunately, when I explain myself, apparently I've been told I come across haughty. That's not the intention. I'm just focused because it's something I care a lot about. I enjoy debating and I enjoy disproving stuff when people put words in my mouth or make me make it sound like that I said something that I didn't say. So they end it with what I think is probably the most important and telling part of this whole thing because up until this point, I'm like, all right, I still don't know if this person's doing it or not or if they're friends because a lot of times what happens, there is a cult of personality in this around content producers. You know, God forbid you say something about somebody that's making content, myself included. I've had people come on and defend me in spots where I don't need to be defended because the person that's saying something is right. It's just we kind of gravitate toward these people. We think they're awesome people. We think we know them. The same thing with the dealers and the vendors. They go out, we meet them, they shake hands, they go to their stores, and they feel like they know them. So when somebody says something negative that can be perceived as negative against them, we get really offended. So I wasn't sure here until this point if I was talking to somebody that was actually doing this or defending somebody. And then we get this. This is honestly really disheartening coming from you, Tom. I've looked up to you and your husbandry ever since I got into tarantulas a few years ago, but now it almost seems like you're turning against the people who have to do the quote-unquote dirty work in order to breed these animals safely in captivity so people don't have to buy wild-caught brown box or illegally ship animals. First and foremost, if you've only been listening to me for a few years, then you have definitely heard me talk about this topic before. That's I'm crying BS on that one because it's been a few years, honestly, since the whole Sri Lankan and the Brazilian endemic thing with the T. Celadonia came down. I did a lot of research, talked to a lot of people, and really got to see what goes on behind the scenes. And I've been talking about this for a while. We had Luis Roque on not all that long ago, probably within this three-year period in which we address this type of stuff. This isn't new for me. Anybody that's followed me, and if you've looked up to me, we shouldn't be having this discussion. Honestly, that's the way I see it. So obviously something there isn't clicking. And then the do the dirty work in quotes. So apparently you're doing illegal stuff and you think you're doing that for us. You're doing that for the hobby. I'm sorry. If you're breaking these laws right now, there's no point. We talked about the Tarantula Sustainment Project. I've been contacted by some other people that I'm going to try to get in touch with about projects they got going to make sure that we have all of these species in all the different states. And guess what? They're doing it legally. That's the point. It's legal. There's no need to do this illegally anymore. And if there's a species we can't get legally, we shouldn't have it. That's my honest to God feeling about that. I know some people are going to get mad at me. Obviously, part of the hobby is the big new spiders that are coming in. Every time you see one of these new spiders that comes in, for the most part, it's one that was probably, it's getting poached over in Europe. They're breeding them. 
We're buying them, importing them into the U.S. Again, it's just an example how we're perpetuating this dirty hobby or the dirty parts of the hobby. So yes, when we're talking about all those Brazilian endemics that are over here, that's been done. I'm talking about the ones that are coming over now, the ones that are coming over in the future. I'm sorry you can't understand how that might bother me to know that you can track this spider was discovered here. It's discovered in Brazil. Now it's being sold in the hobby. Once again, throwing it in the face of the people that are trying to enforce this stuff. So... Am I am I supposed to thank you? I don't get it. And why are why do we have to do this illegally if there are options out there to do it legally? Not everyone has ill intentions and not everyone in quotes, and I probably did say this, wants to make a quick buck off of these animals. Some of us genuinely care and are literally breaking laws in order to produce these animals so that we have them in captivity so that we don't need to have wild caught animals and can do things the right way eventually instead of just not having them at all. Why do you have to break the law to do this? We just talked about people who are trying to do this legally. If you're talking about, the, it seems like the Sri Lankan pokies were the focus of this because you mentioned that earlier on. There are folks out there right now trying to do it legally. They're putting together lists. I'm going to add myself to the list. I have some here. I would like to see breeding groups in Connecticut so that we can have them here. Why do we need to do this illegally? So you're saying you have to sell them across state lines? There are things in place. You can gift them to people. Why aren't you gifting your spiders? Why do you have to sell them across state lines? They said we can send out breeding loans. Why do you have to sell your mail? Why can't you? I don't understand this at all. And this is the part where you really need to think about, especially if I'm um, supposedly somebody you looked up to, why it is you're doing this because there we are introducing legal. There are people out there that are specifically trying to combat what you're doing. We're trying to say as a hobby, these are the rules now. We have to obey them. How can we work within these rules? I don't see why it has to be illegally. And the idea that literally breaking laws in order to produce these animals so we have them in captivity so we don't have to have wild-caught animals and we can eventually do the things the right way. We are never eventually doing things the right way. You, I, I would like somebody to convince me right now that we will never see another Brazilian endemic, new Brazilian endemic, make its way into the hobby. I guarantee anybody out there, we will see more of them. And again, that's another bad look for the hobby. So I I shared this only because there this wasn't sadly the only one I got. There was another one, an email, very brief one that said, you are going to be the reason we all lose our spiders. Why can't you just keep your mouth shut? That one kind of blew my mind a bit. Like I'm trying to show that rally people that we can do this legally. Let's do this, guys. We got this. Let's make sure we're not breaking these laws. Let's show the folks out there that are trying to govern the hobby and make sure, you know, that the ones that are responsible for passing the laws, that we can obey by the rules, that we can color within the lines. I don't see any reason for the illegal stuff. That's the whole point of this is to show people that we can do this right. Why does that make me the bad guy? Do you think they don't know this isn't happening? Do you think suddenly all the, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife are listening to my podcast going, oh, <gasps> Oh my gosh, they're doing that? They know. We've talked about it. They're in the same space as we are. I don't understand why that's so difficult. I had another one come in. Same thing. Why are you so, you've, you're part of the hobby as much as anyone. Why are you judging everybody else? If I want, this was a person that purposely bought an illegal piece of Litheria over state lines. Who is it hurting? It's hurting the hobby. It's hurting everyone that's going to try to do this legally. Because again, I firmly believe there will be more stuff down the pipe. There will be new rules down the pipe. And we will have earned it. People are going to cry. They're going to go, how can they do this to us? Because we have people, I, I try to warn folks, other, and it's not just me. There's other people. Obviously, we have the Transfer Sustainment Project, folks like that that are trying to work within these rules. There are other people out there as well. So please don't make it just about me. This isn't my initiative. I'm trying to find other people that are in with it and are doing the same thing so that we can kind of band together here. I want people aware of the rules so they can make the correct choices. I want people to understand the consequences. Should this escalate? Should they put more species on this? Should they someday look at African species? Guys, there is a lot worse that can be done. And then guess what's going to happen? Folks that try to do it legitimately are going to stop buying. We're going to stop keeping. I will not knowingly, I will never, if the hobby, whole hobby got cracked down on, I would not buy them illegally. It's not worth it for me. The folks out there that will stay in the hobby will be the ones that are doing the illegal stuff. They're the ones that will survive because they will continue to brown box, bring things in illegally. Those of us who try to do things by the books or try at least to do things as lawfully as we can will be the ones that suffer. So we'll call you George. I think we called you George. George, I am sorry because obviously, and I don't discount the fact that you probably watched my videos, that you saw me as somebody that you know represents the hobby in a good way. I'd hope that would be it. And... 
I don't understand what happened that took you so far away from that. And and again, I'm not judging. I I have to disagree with you though that the fact people are doing this out of the goodness of their own heart. Anybody out there that doesn't believe for a minute, if there was no money to be had in tarantulas, if there was no money we wouldn't have a tarantula hobby. I can tell you that right now. Nobody is going to go through all of this stuff, pay the shipping, bring these animals in, do the breeding, do all of that work to not get money. This is an industry. This is a huge money-making industry. That's why people are doing it. People are risking their lives, taking them out of the wild because they're hoping to make money off of it. You're not going to convince me otherwise. And you know what, George, again, Maybe, it, I, I, I honestly believe you believe this, but it's wrong. It's, it doesn't need to be done this way. If you have access to these animals, jump in on this program and let's get it going. Obviously, it sounds like you're doing some breeding. It sounds like maybe focusing on the piece Letheria species, which is obviously, that's a genera that I adore, that the other folks are trying to make sure that we all have access to. Why don't you jump in on that and start doing it legally? I don't understand. And again, you didn't go into detail about what you're doing, but obviously you're doing illegal stuff. You think you're doing it for the right reasons. I can't agree with you. So I share that one. I know this is probably going to get me more hate mail, whatever. I really hope that people who have listened to me for years know where I'm coming from. My heart is in this. I really don't want to, I was talking to some folks recently about the state of the hobby and how devastating it would be if more of these rules came down. I, I enjoy this. This is like a happy place for me. I enjoy keeping them. I enjoy feeding them, caring for them, talking about them making videos about them, that would be a huge chunk of my life that would go away. A lot of enjoyment that I get out of my life that would go away if these laws were to become even stricter and we were to be even more prohibited from getting the species we want. That's what I'm trying to keep from happening. I'm trying to keep people informed so that hopefully the majority of us do the right thing and the rotten apples, whatever, they'll get dealt with. But as long as there's money involved, as long as it's a big industry, there will be people that will get upset when this type of stuff is said. There will be influencers who are upset because the people that they get free stuff from and promote as a result are making, if, if they get called out, it makes them look bad. It's a mess. So thank you, George. I will say legitimately thank you for chiming in because it, it, I do think this is important that we break this down and discuss it. Hopefully, I, I doubt I doubt that you're hearing this or either seeing the comment because I did respond back to it or going to hear this and it's going to change my, maybe it does. Maybe we can have a, a further discussion on it. I, I don't know. Hopefully, you know, again, am I a little bit upset with it? Yeah. It's tough to go out here and spend, you know, my Sunday sitting up a room talking about something, trying to help people out so they know they're not breaking the rules and have somebody come at me like I'm a hypocrite about doing so or that I'm holier than that. It's not the point of it, but Hopefully you also understand my perspective. I don't know. Maybe something good will come of it. I don't know. I apologize for folks overseas that have had to listen to me talk about U.S. stuff for a while. But again, it sounds like across the world, we're all dealing with our own issues. This is why the hobby is not looked at very in a very positive light. This is the type. These are the type of things that make it into the news and basically make us all look like a bunch of creepy weirdos that smuggle illegal animals in threatening their wild populations because we're weird. I mean, nobody looks at us. When you hear, when you read those articles, I don't know if anybody's read some of these articles about the tarantulas that they catch people smuggling in them and stuff. Read the comments. They hate us. <laughs> like Everybody hates us. And this is one of the reasons why, let's throw this out there. The scientists, the taxonomists, the experts out there. Remember we talked about why we're not all good friends and everything because we all love these animals, right? That's why they hate us because of this stuff because they can't even put out the coordinates of where they find some. They're afraid to say where they discovered species because they know damn well a hobbyist is going to be creeping down there to pull a bunch of them out of the wild. So it is what it is. If people think that makes me some type of, you know, holier than out, whatever. I'm not. I can honestly say that. I wrestle over this stuff. I have. I told Billy that if they ever got, you know, came down on the hobby really bad, I'd probably end up getting rid of my animals because I'm just not going to be part of that. It's not, it's not what I want to do. And you guys can make your own choices. I don't want to hear about it. If you make what I would consider, and it's my opinion, the wrong choice, and you knowingly buy from these people, I really don't want to hear about it. Hopefully, folks, again, you look at my track record, you look how long I'm doing this, you look at the fact that I'm not trying to sell you t-shirts or stickers or Tom's Big Spider's underwear, or whatever the hell everybody else does out there. I'm doing this because I enjoy it. I love the hobby. I love the animals. I love corresponding with people that enjoy the hobby as much as I do. It fulfills that itch I have to teach. That's what I'm in this for. Hopefully, folks will look at that and realize that it really, it's that's what I'm coming at this for. If not, whatever. That's this was as close as I'm going to come to, you know, trying to explain my point of view and how I think about it. Will there be more topics as things go ahead? I'm sure there will. I'm, I'm not going to shy away from it. I am hoping. 
again, that folks from Canada chime in about the rules here. Please feel free. Let's keep this current. And, and the very least, the very least, let's make sure people are informed about these laws. I, I think that's across the world. What are, where are we doing? What, what can you tell me about? What, what are we dealing with as far as the legalities and illeg- illegalities? We got a couple of people chiming in. I'd love to hear from more. I'd love to continue this discussion as we go on because I think it's an important discussion to have. I think it's an important discussion to be repeated so that those just joining the hobby get this information sooner than later before, like me, they do a lot of illegal stuff not really knowing anybody. And again, ignorance is no excuse for breaking the law. You teach civics and we talk about that. You can't just drive down the road 80 miles per hour and go, oh, I didn't know the speed limit was 25. It doesn't count. Same thing. If I had been caught, you know, shipping tarantulas or getting tarantulas shipped to me through U.S. Post, that would have been on me. If I was buying peace litheria species across state lines and I somehow got caught and God forbid they try to make an example of me, that would be on me. But I'm trying to make sure people are informed about it. And it would be nice if we could inform people in other countries as well about their own rules so we can try to show that we can do this right. Is it going to work? I'm, I'm a realist. I'm a realist. And we're going to continue to discover new species of tarantulas. They're going to be beautiful. Everybody's going to ooh and ah. They're going to make the pictures going to make their way around the, you know, Instagram, Facebook, arachnoboards. People are going to go, oh, when will we be getting those? And the way things have been working lately, it'll be sooner than later. And you can bet your butt that they came from poached individuals. That's how the hobby works. So, Again, the, the, you know, George did have points about the fact that anybody that owns any of these species, for the most part, the majority of the ones that we get, especially the Brazilian ones, has fed into this. It's, it's something we all have to deal with. But how we move ahead as they're starting to enforce these laws and trying to put a stop to this stuff, that's what's going to define us as a hobby. So I'm going to apologize now because my whole plan for today for this podcast was to cover the comments, which I did when I asked for comments. We wanted to go through the laws. I did feel like I had to address this one. I'm hoping, again, it allows me to revisit the comment and fill in any gaps as far as what message people might have gotten out of it. I just struggle because I'm going to go out on a limb and say that George wasn't the only person that had that takeaway. So hopefully I explained myself a little bit more, but I hate doing podcasts like this. This is not... A lot of it, I try to keep things upbeat. We try to have fun. We try to, you know, talk about fun things, the care, the animals, you know, things of that nature, important things. But I think it needs to be covered. That's it. It's my platform and and it's something I care about. So I'm going to share it. So I'm hoping most of you all will appreciate it. And the, one more thing before we go, and I do want to cover this one. I just covered it in my arguments back to George about the Brazilian species, but I had several folks after putting that one out there that were freaked out about the fact that they own Brazilian species and they are afraid that somebody's going to take them or that by showing them off, it's illegal. Again, they're not going after the ones that are already in our collections. They are not looking at people, you know, and here's the deal. I'm on YouTube and I've shown off every Brazilian species I have on YouTube. It's out there. If they want to bust me and they want to, you know, if they do that, I'm right out there and I'm hoping that doesn't happen. And right now, as it stands, we can own them. We can sell them. We can sell them. They're allowing them to sell them over state lines. Last I knew people are back to doing that. We're just no longer able to import them in. That is to prevent us from hopefully bringing in any more from the wild because it's still happening. There was a case, somebody contacted me and I'm still getting more information about it with somebody who sells in the U.S., who is basically buying a bunch of wild-caught T. celadonia. They apparently posted footage of the people in Brazil packing the slings up in straws to basically brown box over to the U.S. If that proves to be true, that is beyond disgusting and should outrage anybody that has a stake in this hobby. That, And, and we'll see. Again, I'm looking for more info. They're going to hit me with more info. I got some compelling things there. I do know U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services, one of the members who is on the boards, is looking into it. Hopefully this person, flat out, I hope this person is arrested because this is disgusting. This is what we're talking about. But your Brazilian species, your, I had somebody just tell me they bought an El Pair Ibana. Now they're afraid they have contraband. As it stands right now, you're fine. Just don't, we can't be bringing them in from other countries into the U.S. We can't be importing them in. And I'm going to throw this out there and people are going to get pissed at me. But when you start seeing newly discovered species that are endemic to Brazil offered, yeah, that's the type of stuff that's going to get us in trouble. That was why the T. Celadonia, it was a brand new species spider it sent off some flags when it got to the the u.s fish and wildlife agents they call back to brazil nope we never import them out now we know we can't play dumb anymore so that's going to be something that's going to bite us in the butt we're going to continue to see them around the world even the countries that don't currently restrict us all it takes is a country to go nope we never legally allow these to be exported and those are going to be on the list of ones we can't bring into the country anymore and it's coming I'm, i'm guessing some of the countries in africa it'll be coming who knows about ones in asia 
it's we're going to see a situation in the hobby eventually. I don't know. It could be 10 years down the line. It could be two years down the line. I don't know. We're going to see a situation where we're going to see more of these laws, more of these species that we're going to be prohibited from bringing in from other countries. And then at that point, if we're not prepared, yes, we could see a situation where we're not able to get certain species anymore. That's why folks are trying to prepare. That's why folks are trying to prepare legally so that we can have this infrastructure in place should this happen. So it's not as much of a panic because people are already working on how to make sure each and every hobbyist in each and every state can legally obtain the animals that they love. That's what this is all about. So people have a hard time with that and whatever, feel free. I'm not going to be going over any more hate mail. So that's it. So if anybody wants to come up and think they're going to get free time on this, it's not going to happen. I do believe this individual was legit. I do believe that they were upset with me because they heard my words coming from somebody that they respected and it were hurtful. I did use the term disgusting, I believe. I struggle because I do find some of the stuff that's done for money. Maybe they're not one doing it for money, but I do find the stuff that's done for money disgusting. Sorry. But that'll be it for now. Next week, what you can count on is we're going to talk about sling care again. I know I've covered it before. I've done a whole sling care guide. I've done uh, sling care videos, two series of videos. There are some updates and things I'd like to, you know, after having those up for a while, I get a lot of feedback from it. I've had a lot of folks contact me lately that are just waiting into keeping slings for the first time. And I have some more thoughts because when he, when I made that video, oh gosh, it was probably like five years ago, maybe even longer. I tried to cover every single angle I could think of as far as sling care. But as time goes on, you start to hear certain questions pop up over and over again. Sometimes I think it's because people just take the video, they don't bother watching it, and they go, hey, what about this? But other times I think people bring up valid points, like could we get a little more specific? So that's what it's going to be. It's not going to be the whole sling care guide from scratch all over again. It's going to be hitting key points that I think need to be revisited. We're going to talk a bit about enclosures and enclosure styles, some of the ones out there that people are having some trouble with. We're going to be talking about moisture levels, how to keep them up, what to do with the species that maybe we hear that aren't moisture dependent, but we're afraid of keeping them bone dry. We're going to talk a bit about how to keep them during the winter time, what I do during the winter. We're going to talk about tiny slings. We're going to talk about prey. We're going to talk about all that good stuff, break down some tips that I have. I will freely admit, and I realized this the other day, For folks that say, oh, I obsess over the slings. I'm always afraid something's going to go wrong. I obsess over my slings. I am flat out guilty. I spend more time with my slings. They're the first thing I check on when I come up here. I feed them more often than everybody else. I check on them more often than everybody else. Slings are obviously much more fragile than their juvenile or adult counterparts. So we tend to worry about them. Plus, there is some merit to the fact that in the wild, if a spider has 200 slings, several of those slings are not fit to live and are honestly in that sack to feed or nurture the other slings who will prey upon the weaker ones. That's just how it works. That's part of the natural process. And I do think that people sometimes struggle with slings because let's call it as it is. In the wild, they could have harsh conditions, drought, too much rain, predators, all this stuff. In our collections, they are kept usually, if somebody's breeding them, in almost optimal conditions. They pull the sack so there's no problems with the sack there. They take the babies out. And where some of those babies normally in the wild would be too weak to live, would be, again, preyed upon by their siblings or quickly die off, because our conditions are so good, they live. And they might not have the good the genes, the good genes necessary to survive. They're not meant to survive. So I do think we do. I've been thinking a lot about this lately because... We've all done it. We have three slings. We keep them the exact same way. One of the slings mysteriously dies. I just had it happen with a set of slings. I had two of them thriving, doing great, huge. The other one's small, not doing really well, died off. I don't think that was anything I did. I think that was a failure to thrive. That was a sling that in the wild probably wouldn't have gone very far, would have been eaten. So I do think that's something we need to revisit. I know a lot of times when I talk about slings, I'm like, all right, you should be keeping care. If you keep them the right way, they won't die. There are going to be mysterious sling deaths, but I do want to talk about how to avoid those at all costs, how to avoid some of the other sling deaths. I've been getting a lot of emails lately of people who have been keeping slings that find out they let things dry out too much. They come back to slings in the death curl. It's very unfortunate. So we will cover all of that next time. It'll be a nice long one because I'm going to go off and I'm going to try to wash the taste out of my mouth from this podcast. I do feel bad every time I do one of these, but I feel like we need to cover this stuff, you know? So Before we leave, question of the week in preparation for next week's episode. You can leave comments. And I am, I apologize. The comment system on my website is a little clunky. So what's happening is like I went to go find the comment that I thought I had already approved because I have to approve them. It's to keep me from getting spammed. I'm going to ask if there's a way to just have them go up there. I can just delete the spam ones. It'd be easier that way. But the, the, the I thought I responded to it and I went up. There was no response. I'm not sure what happened there. So please, if you're commenting, no, I will find it. If it's there eventually, I have to activate it and go and respond. And sometimes it's not working. So we're still working on that. 
new system. I'm I'm learning, but the question of the week: What questions you have about sling care? What you've read all the stuff out there, you've raised them, or you're just getting into it? What's worrying you? What are you concerned with? What is the mixed information you're getting? Please feel free to chime in. I would love to address some of these so it's not just me talking about my experiences. What have you found with sling care? Anything about sling care? Questions for me, things you've learned. Let's throw it all out there. Tips, let's hear it. It would be great to be able to have it not just be me talking about my stuff, but have you guys chime in as well. That should about do it for this one. And if you're interested in checking out the YouTube channel, Billy and I just did a feeding video. I don't do a lot of these. I've been resistant to do them because a lot of folks back in the day would just be feeding video, feeding video. And I'm like, I'm trying to keep away from not doing the educational stuff. But you know what? They're fun. They're fun for us to do sometimes. We get a good giggle on I think we had a fun time with this one. I think it shows. And I got to show off some really cool species. So if you want to check that one out, that one is up now. There are three Thrixapelma species, two of which were not Thrixapelma species when I bought them. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, next week, not sure what we're doing for a video next week. I'm not thinking that far ahead. It's been a really busy school year so far. But next podcast will be on Sling. So do tune in for that one. For my people across the sea, apologize that you had to listen to a bunch of U.S. stuff again. But that'll be it for a while. But again, I implore you to chime in with your own stuff. Let's get some stuff going here. Let's make this interactive. Let's get some information. Make this as informative as possible as we can for not just folks here in the U.S. hobby, but across the seas as well or overseas as well. As always, thanks for watching. Take care of yourselves. Have fun. I don't know. How do I usually sign off of this thing? I think I've lost my train of thought. Good talk, guys. Good talk. That's that one. <laughs> we'll catch you all next time.